Welcome to episode 13 of the Kirby Girl Resale Podcast. I'm Bria Swearingham and I resell full-time on Poshmark and on eBay. All right, so today I want to talk about bad buys. So when I first started reselling last year, I did not know a thing about looking up comps to see if an item would sell. So the way that I decided if I was going to buy an item to list in my closet, y'all, I would literally look at the item and if it was cute and if it was something I would wear and if it was not more than $5, then boom, sold. Um, I would pick it up. Now, of course, I've learned my lesson and so I look up everything. But since I didn't know that in the beginning, I, I since I didn't know that I needed to really look up things in the beginning or I didn't want to accept that I needed to look up things, um, I ended up with things that there is no way that I would buy now. And luckily, I didn't go crazy buying a bunch of stuff that I didn't look up um, the comps on first. So I don't have a ton of that stuff. But this past week, I removed eight items from inventory that have been with me since the beginning of my reselling business. Um, If you're new here, I started last um, summer, end of July, early August. And I do usually keep all purchases, um, especially if I went through the trouble to steam it, to photograph it, to measure it, um, and to list it. But with a year's worth of experience under my belt, I just... I just know that I need to let these things go. You need to let go and let God, um, and I need to redonate them. (laughs) So the easiest way for me now to look up comps um, before I purchase something is I will use Sellhound or I'll use eBay. Um, And I usually do a combination of both depending on how much time I have. And even if you don't sell on eBay, let's say you're just primarily a Poshmark seller, Looking up comps on eBay to me is much easier um, than it is on Poshmark. Now, the only thing with eBay is I believe that they only show you the last 30 to 60 days of solds. And of course, if for whatever reason there are any seasoned eBay sellers listening to this, um, if if you um, if that is incorrect, I know they at least show you 30 days. But if it's not 60, if you will just love me enough to message me, <laughs> let me know. But I at least know they show you 30 days of solds. Um, and I do think that there are brands that sell better on Poshmark than on eBay. So there may be better comps on Poshmark for an item, um, for some items. Um, either way, I use eBay and Sellhound to look up comps. And Sellhound is an app and it's free to download and it will show you comps for items across multiple platforms. Um, okay, so the eight things I removed from my inventory and I am really embarrassed to share these with y'all, but you know what? We're just going to share them anyway. It's going to be what it's going to be. So uh, number one was a long sleeve green Christopher and Banks tea. And I was so new to reselling when I bought this that I literally, this is how little I knew about brands when I started. So I saw Christopher and Banks and I was like, ooh, ah, this is an expensive brand. Bless my little naive heart. (laughs) So we redonated that. Um, The second thing was a Hanes long sleeve t-shirt. It was 99 cents, and like I said, I went through a brief spell where I was just going to pick up anything as long as it was cheap and I would wear it, but that was a real brief spell, y'all, because I like money. So um, 
The third thing was a random pink t-shirt. I think the brand says like attention on it or something like that. And this shirt actually might have sold eventually, but the brand is like a Belk brand um, that I'm pretty sure they regularly have that kind of t-shirt marked down to $9.99 in the store, brand new. So we just let that little t-shirt flit on to the back to the Goodwill. Um, and I actually bought that shirt from my local thrift store that wasn't a Goodwill um, that regularly their prices are real high. So I don't even go there as much anymore. So, um, we let that shirt go. The fourth thing was a Kato's button down. And I actually, so of course my, my business is called Curvy Girl Resale. When I started, I really wanted to source a lot of plus size items. And so Kato's is a plus size brand, um, but it just does not move for me. I mean, I had a Kato's dress in my closet that was a long, pretty maxi dress that took forever to sell. Um, and actually, no, no, it's not even sold. It's still there and it's real pretty, but it's, I guess that's just not a brand that people are looking for. So whatever, we redonated that brown button down, bless. Um, the fifth thing was a sheer boutique top. So I actually thought this top was really, really cute. It's boutique. The brand was simply irresistible. Never heard of it, whatever, but it's boutique. And I actually thought this shirt was cute, but it got no love and attention. So we just, we had to let her go. Um, the sixth item that I redonated was a Sonoma t-shirt. And if you know brands, Sonoma is a Kohl's brand. And of course I do sell Kohl's brands. You know, I sold a Kohl's t-shirt that I think was like $9 on sale in the store. And I think I sold it for $10 used. So, I mean, that kind of stuff will sell, but the one that sold was a t-shirt with like a cutesy like saying on it. Um, this one, it was just a plain basic Sonoma t-shirt. And so I'm learning not to necessarily pick up basics unless it's, I, I don't know. I just, it, it would really have to be a nice basic t-shirt or basic whatever for me to pick it up. So we let that go to number seven was a junior size jumpsuit with the words on it that say, you look amazing. In hindsight, I just don't even know y'all. I don't like, I was pulling this stuff out and I was like, oh my God, what, what was I doing with my money in the beginning? I don't know, but it happens to us all. It's just going to be what it's going to be. All right. Number eight was a red Writers by Lee button down. I'm pretty sure Writers by Lee is a Walmart brand. But again, when I started, I didn't know brands. And so I saw Lee and I thought Levi's. And so I bought it. So bless. Um, and I, I've learned. So those are all of them. I've learned a lot over the past year. And I, I am proud of myself because I didn't make a ton of terrible buys. It's all a learning experience for me and it will continue to be. So now I've learned how to research brands so I don't just pick up lots of random stuff. And, you know, as I branch into a new category that I'll probably share that with you guys at a later date, um, you know, because I need to pull together enough data on the new category that I'm branching into before I really share what I'm trying out. But with that being said, as I branch into this new category, I do not buy anything without researching it first um, on eBay, on Sellhound, or even just Googling to see like, what does this item retail for in stores? Now, if you're primarily doing clothes and shoes right now, one of the best things that you can do for yourself is study sold listings. Um, 
I study sold listings um, on both Poshmark and on eBay. And on Poshmark, I just go to different parties. And so then I'll filter to the sold listings within that party to see what's selling. And you can also within those sold listings filter by $25 to $50, under $25, $50 to $100. So you can filter by, by price of items. And I haven't quite figured out a simple way to filter solds on eBay without looking for a specific item, you know, um, but I'll just, I'll keep digging on that. All right, let's talk about my flip of the week. This was my largest sale since I started reselling. So it was a Nike Hyperfuse baseball glove. And I regularly buy clothes from my friends um, and sometimes they'll donate items to me. Well, one of my amazing friends donated me a few bags of clothes. And so then she also threw in this baseball glove with the clothes. And y'all, I'm embarrassed to admit that I almost donated this glove to Goodwill. Um, I keep this pile in my office of items to redonate. And a few Saturdays ago, the pile was kind of getting out of hand. And so I asked my husband, Jacob, if he would bag up the clothes for me and take them to Goodwill because I just needed that pile out of my office, outer calm, inner calm, and my outer wasn't feeling so calm. And so as he was bagging up the clothes, he said really excitedly, honey, do you, do you, do you know what this is? And I was like, I don't know. It's, I mean, a glove. And he said, this is a Nike baseball glove. Look it up right now. And y'all, my husband, who does not resell, made me look up something that I should have looked up in the first place. So I looked it up and sure enough, used, these gloves were selling for $125 to $175. So I listed mine a few days later for $199 and a buyer made me a $150 offer on eBay and I accepted it. And of course, with this being my first large sale on eBay, I was so nervous to accept his offer um, because I, I have you know, had experiences with scammers on eBay before, but to give myself peace of mind, I went to his profile, checked his feedback, and he had positive feedback, so it was all good. But of course, about eight hours went by after I accepted his offer, and he still had not paid. Ugh. So I sent him an email on eBay, and I said, hey, good morning. I accepted your offer on the Nike glove. Were you still interested in this item? And he paid 20 minutes after I sent that message. And y'all, I did a dance around my living room, and it was just, it was great. So that was a good um that's the highest sale that I have ever made reselling. So I'm really super proud of myself and just shows me the possibilities for what I can do. So I, I feel like a year in, I still feel new. I still feel like there are things I'm learning. And of course, like I know basics, like I know basics about Poshmark. I know what I need to do to make sales. I know basics about eBay, but of course, like they're still... This is one of those kinds of businesses where there will always be so much to learn, which is really exciting because that keeps it fresh and that keeps me from getting bored. So always lots of new categories I can branch into. All right, let's talk about Poshmark and eBay numbers for the week of July 15th through July 21st. 
This past week was the slowest week I've had on Poshmark in a while. Um, I sold one item on eBay on Monday, and then I did not sell anything again until early Saturday morning, and I only made that sale because I sent out offers to likers on Fridays. And so after, like, the super, you know, which the the Nike sale didn't come until Saturday anyway. So it was just a, it was a struggle bus kind of week. And I literally had a meltdown Friday night and I cried and I told my husband that I didn't know what I was doing. And I was just like, what am I doing with my life? I just, even after a year, still feel like I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Um, I just didn't understand why I was having such a bad week. You know, I felt like such a failure. And I share this with you today for you to know that slow sales happens to us all. We all get discouraged. I don't care who you're looking at. I don't care if you're looking at a reseller that's been reselling for 10 years. She or he has had a moment where they're like, screw all of this. I don't know what I'm doing. Even after all this time, like, what am I doing with my life? Everybody has those moments. You know, it's a, it's business. You, it, and it doesn't matter. Like if you're not a reseller, but you sell cupcakes or you have a bakery, um, that's the same thing, but whatever. I'm, I'm, ad-libbing here. <laughs> but even if, you know, or you're in network marketing or you're or you're a personal trainer or whatever business you have, it's going to ebb and it's going to flow and sometimes you're going to be like, "Why am I doing this?" You know, you could have a bad day, you could have a bad week, you could have a bad month or like some of us just bad summer. <laughs> but you need to look at that and decide how you need to pivot to get yourself back on track. And in hindsight, because Lord, thank God for hindsight, um, in hindsight, I realized that this past week I did change my offers to Liker strategy on Poshmark and my sales reflected that, you know, after conducting a month's worth of research by asking buyers if they were liking an item to save it for later or if they actually wanted me to send them an offer. Um, I told you guys, you know, in last week's episode that most people told me that they were just liking the item to save it for later. And so... I swapped to only sending out offers on Fridays. And like I said, my sales reflected that. And although I know that this caused a decline in sales for me, I'm going to continue only sending out offers on Fridays because I have to do what is sustainable. And sometimes the amount of work, the amount of time that I need to spend on Poshmark to make one sale does not feel sustainable for me. So now it's going to be important for me to explore other things that feel more sustainable for me as a wife and a mom. Um, and like I said, this is why I'm working hard to get my listings up on eBay because when I feel burned out on what I need to do on Poshmark to make a sale, then I can put more work into eBay. And if I get burned out on eBay, I can just flip flop back and forth between the two. So working really hard um, over the next month or so to make, and not the next month, because this is going to take time, this whole pivot that's about to happen. And no, I'm not giving up on Poshmark. I am pivoting. Um, but I'm working to make eBay my primary source of income and Poshmark my secondary. And, you know, as with all things, sometimes you just have to go backwards to go forward. And so while I'm working on beefing up my eBay numbers, Poshmark is, you know, going to kind of get neglected just a little. And I expect for my sales to reflect that over the next month. But again, this is a calculated risk. Um, and I kind of know what to expect. And so I'm mentally prepared for it. And literally, 
y'all, and I know I'm being dramatic with this, but it is what it is. This past week, it felt like somebody pushed my Poshmark closet off of a cliff and it plunged to its pretty little death. I don't, I don't even know. That's dramatic, but have you met me? You know, whatever. (laughs) But it really got me thinking, you know, if anything happens and I can't share and I can't send offers to likers, does my business literally just die off? Um, And that's a little bit scary to think about. And so, you know, whereas on eBay, if I've built up a pipeline of inventory, if I need to take a few days off, I should be okay. Now, I, I do know from the people that I've learned from that eBay, you kind of, you have to list regularly, list, 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 list. And so, um, I know that e- I'm not saying that eBay is going to be smooth sailing because both of those platforms have their pros and their cons, but now it's time, now that I've spent a full year understanding Poshmark and I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on what it takes to be successful there. Now I need to learn eBay and let's be real. Poshmark and eBay are both fickle as all get out sometimes, but Poshmark feels a little more fickle and inconsistent to me. But like I said, they both have their pros and their cons, and I feel more protected having items cross-listed to both rather than just solely living on one platform. But it did take me almost a full year to get comfortable, to get to the point where I felt comfortable being on two platforms because I didn't want to cross list because I was scared it would make me feel real scattered and it does make me feel real scattered, but um, it's a thing that I'm, that I'm learning how to do. So it's okay. Um, I would encourage you to give yourself time to make the transition if you need to, you know, and if you can afford to give yourself time before you make the transition um, because it took me two tries to stick with eBay. So whatever. All right. Numbers for the week of July 15th through July 21st. So I listed 10 items to Poshmark and I cross-listed 12 items to eBay. I sold two items on Poshmark and I sold two items on eBay. My total active listings on Poshmark at the time of this recording is 358. My total active listings on eBay at the time of this recording is 80. And I expect for eBay to be slow until I get close to 250 listings. But the slowness on Poshmark, of course, again, is really explained by my lack of activity there. Um, Now, here's what I have been doing. So I have been sharing my top 100 items regularly, but and those get likes and stuff. And then also now offers to likers on Fridays. But I can't focus 100% on eBay and 100% on Poshmark while juggling two kids at home with me all day, every day. And I need to dinner and I need to order groceries and I need to clean the house and uh, like if you're a mama you know what I'm talking if you're a mama and a wife you know what I'm talking about it's a lot it's so much juggling and these kids been can I have a snack and me to death all summer long and god I love them but you know it it's been the struggle <laughs> so we'll see um And despite the fact that my sales have gone down on Poshmark, I do feel good about where I'm headed because it's very, y'all, it's very important to me to do things that are sustainable based on the kind of lifestyle that I'm trying to create. So cross-listing to eBay, I think, is really going to help to make reselling feel more sustainable for me. And all the mamas say, amen, these kids start school next Monday. (laughs) My little starts pre-K, which I'm kind of having moments about because I'm like, he's so little. Um, But he's really not that little and I need to not be a helicopter mom. But don't add me. Like, just let me live. (laughs) All right. Our weekly book recommendation 
is The Happiness Advantage by Sean Acor. The subtitle is The Seven Principles of Positive Psychology That Feel Success and Performance at Work. And here's, let me read you real quick how the book opens up. Um, If you observe the people around you, you'll find most individuals follow a formula that has been subtly or not so subtly taught to them by their schools, their company, their parents, or society. That is, if you work hard, you will become successful, and once you've become successful, then you'll be happy. But actually, this formula is broken. This formula for happiness is broken. And so his main premise for the book is that happiness is the precursor to success, not merely the result. And so he goes on to say that happiness and optimism actually fuel performance and achievement. And then he spends the book, you know, building out his case for this theory by showing you seven principles that support his theory. And one of the reasons that I love this book is because it's backed by psychological research. So these are not just random happy things that Sean makes up off the top of his head. You know, there were actual studies conducted to back up each of his um, points and his theories. And so if you want to learn how happiness and optimism can give you a competitive edge over your competition, then you want to pick up this book. And I will say it and I say it again, just because you are happy and you are optimistic does not mean you look at the world through rose-colored glasses. It just means that you are choosing what to focus on. You acknowledge that there's bad, but like, I don't want to feel miserable and unhappy all the time. And so I'm going to choose optimism and happiness over pessimism. Doesn't mean I'm not a realist. It just means that that's what I choose. And if you are a pessimistic person, this podcast is not for you, friend, or maybe it is like, I don't know, maybe it'll help you like be happier. I don't know. I'm not claiming that it'll do that. But I've had people, you know, I I see people when they roll their eyes at, you know, positivity and motivation and encouragement. And I feel so bad for those people because that's such a closed minded way to look at that. You know, this morning I was, um, you know, sometimes if I'm feeling discouraged, I'll watch a motivational video on YouTube. And I've heard several people say motivation is stupid. Motivation doesn't work. And I'm like, you know, but actually for me, it does. And so there is a subset of the population that motivation does work for. And like I was reading through the comments and y'all, I got to stop reading comments on YouTube. They're just so terrible. Um, but the video is like a really like motivational, encouraging. It was like a compilation of motivational speeches. And this one guy, which granted, this was kind of funny, but he said, I showed this video to my toaster and now he's Optimus Prime. (laughs) And if you don't have kids like in, but most adults know who Optimus Prime is, Transformers, whatever. Now I'm going off on a whole tangent, but I encourage you not to be one of those people who roll your eyes at positivity, motivation, and encouragement. Because if you're working for any kind of goal in life, whether that's to lose weight, whether that's to build a business, whether that's to leave an abusive spouse, I don't know. Words of encouragement can pull you out when you're stuck in your own head. So just be open to those kind of things. That's all I'm going to say. And like, if you ever want to get into an argument with me and try to be like negative and nasty, like you're not going to win because I'm not fighting you. So it is what it is. Um, All right. 
Before we end, of course, I want to take a moment to highlight some of my favorite reviews this week for the podcast. So when you rate and review the podcast on iTunes, it does help you gain, it does help you, Lord, no, it helps the podcast gain visibility for people who might be looking for this kind of content. So The first review comes from Second Hook. She says, love your content. Listening to just the first 10 minutes, it was like someone was saying exactly what I feel and think. It's tough working from home as a reseller with a child, amen, um, with a child in the house and family members not really understanding that I'm not just hanging out all day. Amen again. Um, So nice to hear someone else talk about this. Keep up the great work. And y'all better put some boundaries in place with these family members if you're a full-time reseller because they think that you're just at home chilling and you're like, no, I'm actually working. And sometimes like my mom will call me and she's like, can you do this at two o'clock? And I'm like, no, I have an appointment. And y'all, I do have an appointment with myself to do X, Y, or Z. So use that. Say, I have an appointment And you don't have to tell them what the appointment is, but if you've made a commitment to yourself that you need to do a certain task at two o'clock, then unless your mama's dying, like she probably will be okay if you make her wait. (laughs) So, all right. The last review comes from Maddie212 and she says, thank you. I look forward to your weekly podcast. I especially needed to hear episode 11. I feel like I related to this on so many levels. Just thought you should know. Keep up the good work. Thank you, ladies, for those super sweet reviews. Um, And episode 11 was a good one. I actually got a few DMs on Instagram telling me how much that episode helped. And so if you haven't listened to episode 11, I talk about daily success routines and how setting up a morning routine can help set you up for success. All right, that's it for the podcast this week. If you want to stay connected in between episodes, then be sure to follow me on Instagram at CurvyGirlResaleTN. Don't forget if you have questions you want answered on the podcast, then you can shoot me a DM on Instagram or you can email me at BriaSwearingham, S-W-A-R-I-N-G-A-M at gmail.com. And I will see you right back here next week for another episode of the Curvy Girl Resale Podcast. Have a great week. And remember, as you're building your business, you do not have to be extreme. You just have to be consistent. Have a great week.